Hi, it's Mark Postles here. Now, the oft-quoted biblical statement in Proverbs states that where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, this has implications in all aspects of our life. See, the power of foresight changed lives, relationships, businesses, nations, and in fact, the world. So today I want to address the power of foresight, a vision of dreaming. This is a place where those who suspect they're innately wise, brilliant, and powerful come to learn how to transform their lives. One cognition, one realization, and one blinding flash of the obvious at a time. We are the innovators, the record breakers, the world makers, and creators of all kinds. We supersede the suppressive worldview of mass ignorance and awaken the strength within. We are waking up to our innate secrets. My name is Dr. Mark Postles, and welcome to the Innate Secrets Podcast. Mind of two kids, Peter and Paul, let's call them that. Now they're sitting on the ground on a hot day, and Peter says to Paul, Um, what you thinking? Paul replies, Well, I'm eating a huge bit of lovely cold watermelon. Yum! Would you give me a bite, says Peter? No, says Paul. Why? replies Peter, because you're too lazy to imagine your own watermelon. You know, it's so true that that imagination is something that is lacking in so many people, that it's there, but we just don't use it. We're not using imagination to the best of its ability to create that it is possible. So when, when, ask, when, when you ask the average person, you know, what would you do today to get clear on your dreams? 85 to 90% won't have done anything. Maybe they're, they're planning to do something next week, but they're just too busy today. They, they don't have enough money or enough time or enough contacts or enough information or enough agreement or enough certainty. Yeah, you know, the list just goes on. So I'll ask you the same question. What have you done today to clarify your vision? If the answer is nothing specific, then your chances of making it are severely inhibited. Jim Gentile said it this way, Excellence can be obtained if you dream more than others think is practical. So he added to that that expect more than other thinks, others think is possible also. So dreaming more than others think is practical causes us to think about one's power of possibility. Now, the future-focused part of you that generates original, big picture, and inspiring thought is what the quadrant one part in the innate model is exquisite at. So big dreams are what build big lives and big businesses, big families, big big ambitions, big teams, big big countries. You know, the, the countries are founded on dreams. And they're inspired by dreams. So lofty ideals come to us all. And it's the movers and the shakers amongst us who get into action and do something with the dream. So intuition pays attention to infinite possibilities. And the sea of information that we're bathed in, it's it's outside of our conscious mind. It's available to us. We open ourselves up to it and trust the form and it gets delivered. So Warren, Warren Bemmer said this way, that vision is the commodity of leaders and power is their currency. A 
But we need the, the power, we need currency to translate this vision into reality. And the truth is, if we don't, someone else will. Because there's nothing new. It's all out there. It's all out there and available for us to, to take and to, to tap into and to broadcast into and receive from. But you know, in life, there's, there's what might be seen the three Ps. You know, it's the pioneers, the plotters, and the parasites. Or put another way, uh, the leading edge, the competitive edge, and the trading edge. You know, the, the, the people who are pioneers, the entrepreneurs, the people who, who are willing to get out there, conceive of an idea, a possibility, and go after it. And then there's the people that organize it, you know, the, the competitive edge and they're trying to keep others away from the spoils. You know, it's the fat end um, part of the knife, so to speak. And of course, there's the people that come at the end of that and live off the, uh, the earnings of, of others. They live off the, the bounty that's created by the, uh, the, the pioneers and to some degree the plotters. So we can either defend and protect and reduce risk and if we reduce risk, we reduce life. Or we can launch ourselves into that quadrant one part of our brain where we vision, we, we commit, we take action and we honor. So if you look historically, you know, few, few business leaders appreciate the power of foresight, much less how to apply it. And you know, someone comes to mind like um, Jeff Bezos, who is the CEO of Amazon, and he'll likely soon be probably the wealthiest person alive, not because he's always right, in fact, he's not a lot of the time, but in a small part because he understands how to envision and create the future. A similar person back in the 19th century was, was Charles Babbage, who designed a mechanical computing machines. Now, his attempts to create this technical and financial success uh, failed in his lifetime but obviously left, left a legacy. And this is one of the key things about this quadrant one part is that going out into the future and imagineering um, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen straight away, but it opens up the possibilities for things to follow, great things to follow. So great strategy can only be created with great foresight. So simply doing more and better of what you already do will only work until something changes and it can guarantee that it will. So it's not about an improvement. It's about something that is totally new. Now, Leonardo da Vinci obviously was, was one of history's truest visionaries. You know, the, um, the, the person who just had every aspect of this covered. And he, he didn't get many of his um, uh, musings and visions occurring within his lifetime. Now, his sketches showed helicopters and armored cars, and you know, he was ahead of his time over 400 years. It was stunning foresight, but you know, there wasn't much value for the investors of that, of that particular day. And you look at his efforts um, alongside others, such as Einstein, Edison, and Marconi, and, and Nobel, and Nikola Tesla. Tesla's an interesting character. He, he um, I believe, was born in Bulgaria and um, he, he spoke like eight languages, had an um, incredible recall, probably a photographic memory. Um, 
he produced the first motor that ran on AC current. He developed the underlying technology for wireless communication over long distances and had about 300 patents. And he actually had what he claimed to be the super weapon that would end all war. Now, he claimed that many of his best ideas came to him in a flash and, and that he saw detailed pictures of many of his inventions in, the, in his mind before he ever sat down and constructed prototypes. As a result, he didn't initially prepare drawings and plans for many of his devices. What he used to do was to uh, set a machine going in his head, set a device going in his head um, with all the moving parts and in, in operation, and then he'd go on to other things. And he'd come back to that particular project in his head, nothing on paper, nothing in the physical world, and he'd check on what parts weren't meshing, meshing properly, what wasn't, what wasn't rolling together as it should, um, and he'd make adjustments to that, then go away again and come back and check on how the, uh, that particular part in, this imagined, in its imagined state uh, was working before he went ahead with drawings and so forth. So Tesla got scaled great heights to bring what could be considered lightning down to the earth. He was sort of considered to be the man to bring electricity from the heavens. And his rare cast of mind and uncommon habits eventually led to his down, downfall. He wasn't, didn't make good business decisions and and he was, he left the planet in a, a penniless and very alone state. But his contribution has lived on. So, it's about exploring what's plausible, not, not just what's likely, and looking at possibilities and potentialities because they are all out there. The field contains them. So don't try and predict what will happen. We typically expect the future to be an extrapolation of the present, and that's not necessarily so. We go in quantum leaps. So we overestimate what we can accomplish in a day, and this is... You know, by most of our our experience, uh, a huge to do list, and we think that we can get through it in a day, um, and we then get frustrated. But we don't necessarily get it done in a day, and I, I can certainly relate to that. But we tend also to underestimate what we can accomplish in a year, and by comparison, little appears to change over there, but change over the year, but change can be dramatic over a decade. So, you know, the longer the time frame, the more we have of, or more, more chance we have of, of pulling it into us, whatever it is that we're looking at, at uh, creating. And I've certainly done this uh, over the years, is because um, I'm not a big one for goals. I, 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 roll, I roll with values, um, but I don't necessarily roll with, uh, with goals. However, I do write them and then I put them away. And it is just uncanny as to how many times I've found goal sheets that I've long forgotten about. And I can just tick each, every one of those things off and you know, have been consciously aware of trying to achieve them. So putting them out there is a, is a huge um, lever to creating them. So considering the future, focus on what's plausible, even if somewhat unlikely. And, you know, look at these plausible features. So, you know, how, how far should you look? Well, do you think that, that the current situation in any area you nominate will remain viable in 30 years? 
<laughs> let alone probably 30 days. The question is not if the future will be dramatically different, it's, it's just when and how. And things are speeding up to uh, in, in massive degrees relative to that. So some of the things in my lifetime that they said, oh yeah, you know, one day we'll have a man on the moon or one day we'll, we'll have a wristwatch that has a phone in it and things like that. It's just like that, they were so far out, but obviously um, now they're self-evident. So any, any foresight initiative must include the broad and diverse perspectives from outside you and your company, your industry, your culture. Um, it, it's something that it's about possibilities. And if you open yourself up to possibilities, then it's amazing where uh, it, it fulfills itself. So the future may be moving target. So your, your foresight must move as well. It's got to be flexible. It's sort of set and jelly. So we, you know, we can't understand our present without considering our perspectives regarding the future. So effective foresight is both about what might happen to us as well as what we commit to create. So a few of us will become like a Bezos or a Babbage, but everyone has the opportunity to co-create the future. And our future has everything to do with how we envisage it, the frame that we put around it. See, Thoreau told us that, that the massive men lead lives of quiet desperation. No doubt because the masses are without vision for their lives. So the question on this then is, What's your vision? What's your vision for your future? What's your vision for your ideal life? Is it written down? Do you review it and think about it often? Have you enthroned it in your heart? Do you have passion for it? Do you, do you, can you sense it? Is your life organized around goals and objectives that will ensure your vision is reached? You see, goals and objectives are, are markers along the way. But the vision is the, is the enduring thing. It's the thing that pulls us. So, you know, being, being aware of that, then have a look back through your past and think of the, the bright moments of your past. Think of all the areas where you had some amazing things happen. And look at the richness of that memory. Look at the, the, the clarity of that memory, the feelings associated with what you tell yourself around it. And now project into the future with the same uh, clarity and the same intensity uh, those things that you're wanting to have occur. And when we take something, a representation, um, such as we've done for our past, and we encode it and put it into the future, it will have the same attraction and the same magnetic force as the representation from our past. So I know it's not easy, and that's why most people don't do it. Now, Wallace Waddles and once again, we're dragging back from the beginning of the century. But, but it's so true that there, there's no labor from which most people shrink as they, as they do from that of sustained and consecutive thought. It's the hardest work in the world. And yet, it's the sustained and consecutive thought about our vision that's the first and primary labor of achievement. So get yourself using and trusting your quadrant one part and watch your life benefit in so many different ways. Let us show you how to fire your brain in ways that serve you so that you can be confident, connected, and bring joy and passion into what you do every day. Get a free copy of my book, The Innate Model. Go to theinnatemodel.com forward slash free book.